What is up, everyone? Welcome to the stream with Noah Gayhart. I am Rob Rundle. Welcome to Chuck Talk Nation, where we do a podcast uh, baseball related every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. Uh, we took uh, an off week last week due to Easter. We wanted to spend time with our family, and uh, we hope you guys did the same. Uh, before we begin, I'd like to preface by saying, you know, uh, it's important that we do we stick through this together. Uh, baseball, the fact that we're able to even stream games and whatnot and, and grow this audience with Chalk Talk Nation, it means so much to Noah and I. And um, it, it's going to be um, really cool to see how this thing grows. But be sure, you know, wash your hands, uh, stay in contact with family members, friends. It's really important that, you know, you still uh, Skype with them, FaceTime, because you want to be there for them and whatnot. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about our top 10 second baseman. No, that does not include Scooter Jeanette. No one knows how much I love my boy Scooter. Uh, but we're not going to be talking about him today, unfortunately. Um, but if you haven't checked out today's stream from earlier, go ahead. It's saved. Uh, we played our Marlins franchise. And then we are also streaming tomorrow night at 8 p.m. We are doing uh, Road to the Show on Legend. And um, <laughs> Brady, my gosh. But... Uh, before we get into it, um, we're going to do some baseball terminology, some knowledge on some statistics that you know the average fan may not know about because we take in consideration these certain stats when we gather, you know, a t our top ten list. Um, you know, it's just you, anyone can just say any name and just be like, oh yeah, that's the best player. But we really like to look statistically throughout each season and see how they're doing. So the top ten second baseman, it's now, and. Hybrid players like Whit Merrifield, he's not going to be in this list. We know that he's a top player uh, in whatever position he's listed as, which I believe is center field or right mm -hmm. field, something yep. like that. Center field. He's a top 10 player. We know that. Another guy, uh, Max Muncy. Max Muncy, that was a guy that I kind of left off my first base list because I was going to put him in my second base list. But we know that he's a top player. So there's, there's, uh, don't be shocked if you don't uh, see those names in our list. So, um, Noah, would you like to open up the floor with uh, some baseball statistics here? Yeah, so I'll, I'll quickly, just to recap kind of what you said, uh, happy Easter to everybody. I uh, hope you had a good week last week. Um, I, you know, I, I do want to say real quickly as well, go, go check out that stream earlier from today. Uh, I definitely want to say, as much as I don't like in real life Scooter Jeanette, I think if we made a list of top 10 MLB The Show players... Scooter Jeanette might make that list based on his performance, so go mm -hmm. check him out in the Marlins uh, franchise that Robbie's been doing every day on Twitch. Uh, yeah, so let's get into a couple of statistics. So obviously, if you've stuck with the podcast for any amount of time at all, you know that me and Robbie kind of list off a bunch of different statistics when we're talking about players. And part of kind of what we're doing now is it may not be every week, or it may, may be every other week, something like that. We're going to try to educate people on you know a stat or two a week just so you guys have more of an information, more information and know more about what we're talking about when we try and rank these different players and we talk about player seasons and stuff like that. So the two stats I want to get into today are weighted on base average and weighted runs created plus. Now, those are definitely a mouthful, but they're not as complicated as they sound. So uh, for starters, we're going to get into weighted on base average. Uh, if you're familiar with something that's a little bit easier of a stat like OPS, which is just your on base plus slugging percentage, it's kind of going to lead you to a similar conclusion to that more often than not. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, the difference between weighted on base average and OPS is that weighted on base average is kind of like a more accurate representation of how well the player contributes to run scoring as opposed to just adding on base percentage and slugging. 
the problem with OPS is that it undervalues getting on base relative to hitting for extra base hits. And so yep. it doesn't really weight the different extra base hits. Like a home run is worth more than a double would be worth. But in OPS, that weight doesn't come into effect. They're just counted equally. Um, Real quick, though. I mean, a good example of a player like that is David Fletcher. Yeah, exactly. And that's a guy that we're probably going to talk about later uh, is a guy that it makes a bit of a difference for yeah. looking at him as a player. Uh, yeah. So with weighted on base average, the typical hitter is probably going to finish around 320. Uh, that's kind of give or take, depending on what the, the league does that year. I think the average for last season was a little bit higher just because of the, the balls were flying all over the yard last year versus in some years where the ball is a bit more dead, the, the average is going to be lower. But typically it's going to be around 320. Uh, so I think Robbie has a scale pulled up for you guys so you can kind of see it. But just to walk you through it, 400 is excellent. 370 is great. 340s uh, above average, like I said before, 320s average. Pretty much anything below that is below average to awful. Um, you know, it's not ideal if you're below those numbers. Obviously, if you're just like 315 or whatever, then you're still pretty much average. But you know, if you're a guy that's down below 300, then you're a pretty bad hitter. There's no real way around it. Um, <laughs> so to uh, transition a little bit, uh, we're going to move into weighted runs created plus. And so to talk about weighted runs created plus, I, also, I need to kind of introduce what weighted runs created is. So what weighted runs created is, is that it attempts to qualify or attempts to quantify a player's offensive value and measure it by runs. And so basically what this does is instead of looking at a player's entire stat line, so looking at how many doubles, triples, home runs, walks, strikeouts he had over the course of a season, instead of having to look at all those numbers to kind of interpret what season he had, it basically boils it down all to one number, which is your weighted runs created. And so it would basically just be like saying player X was worth Y number of runs to his team last year. And so I, I personally don't use weighted runs created that often just because weighted runs created plus exists. So when you look at weighted runs created plus, it basically, it takes weighted runs created and it compares it with the league average after taking into account uh, ballpark factors. So it kind of weights out, like if you're playing in Comerica Park with the Tigers versus Coors Field where the ball flies, it's kind of going to even those things out so that those right. numbers aren't so dramatic in terms of difference. Um, if you're familiar with OPS Plus, which is something we might talk about in the future, uh, it's basically Fangraph's version of the same stat. They're kind of similar. Uh, the calculations for weighted runs created plus are a little bit more complicated, but they're basically kind of the same. They work the same way. So with weighted runs created plus, league average is 100. Every point below, above or below is equal to one percentage point. So for example, a guy that had a 125 weighted runs created plus means that he created 25% more runs than the league average hitter would over the course of a season. Uh, so like I said before, it's park and league adjusted. And, and that's one of the things that I really love about this stat, and it's kind of one of my go-to stats, is that since it's park and league adjusted, you can compare players that played, obviously, in different parks. You can Trevor compare, Story, Miguel Sano, right? all those you kind of guys. You can compare AL versus NL. And what's really cool about this stat, and the same holds true for OPS+, Plus, is that you can also compare year to year. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a guy and you're trying to rank, maybe we're trying to rank uh, all-time players. You can look at Albert Pujols and you can compare him to Ted Williams using the stat because they're yeah. all league and park adjusted, yeah. which I think is a really cool thing about weighted runs created plus. Uh, so there should be a chart up on the screen for you guys to look at as well, but mm -hmm. just to kind of run through this one. 160 is excellent, 140 is great, 115 above average, 100 is average, 
if you're below 80, then you're also a pretty bad hitter. There's no <laughs> real way around that. But uh, you know, I I think I think I was a 65 uh, in real ball. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I do. Uh, we do have a question though in the chat from uh, Boxberger season with weighted on base average. Is it going to value sluggers like Adam Dunn or mo- or more of a singles guy like David Fletcher? It depends because of. I mean, it would depend more on how often a guy like Adam Dunn was getting on base. I would say if you're looking specifically like using those two players, David Fletcher versus Adam Dunn, you're probably going to, Adam Dunn's probably going to come out with a higher weighted on base average. The reason for that being is that Adam Dunn was a guy who also walked a lot. And so because he got on base and on top of that, he hit a lot of home runs, which I believe is the highest weighted of the extra base hits in the weighted on base average. Those two things are going to carry him ahead of a guy like David Fletcher. Awesome, cool. But you want to continue with your runs created real quick, Noah? I think I've covered just about uh, everything we need to if you want to go ahead and get into. Obviously, yeah, if you guys have more questions about these stats, put them in the mm-hmm. chat. If there's any stats that you guys know of that you don't understand or if we say something and you don't understand the stat, put it in the chat. Um, I'll try and put together kind of an explanation like what I did with these two stats and we'll, and we'll address it in a future episode. Absolutely. I think that might just be a good episode and by itself, really, is just, just doing like a whole stats, like breakdown, you know, advanced mm-hmm. stats and stuff like that. My favorite's o- OPS plus, but like you said, weighted runs created plus is almost kind of the same thing, just a little bit more complicated. But with that being said, shall we get into our top 10 second baseman? I think we shall. Okay, so this is top 10 second baseman in Major League right now. Uh, this is a subjective standpoint. We're not MLB Network here. We're just going off of what we feel. Uh, if you disagree, let us know in the chat. Uh, as we go down in order, why don't you just tell us your second baseman? That'd be kind of cool as well, you know, trying to engage with you guys and whatnot. But uh, we'll start off with Noah. Who is your number 10? Well, my number 10 is the aforementioned David Fletcher. Uh, you know, I, we've mentioned him before. Let's go ahead and talk about him. So 25 last year, he's gonna, he turns 26 about midway through the season. Obviously, depending on when it starts, this may just become his age 26 season. Uh, I believe that this will be his third year in the league. 154 games played last year, only six home runs. Uh, he did slash 290, 350, 384, uh, 318 weighted on base average. So he's roughly around even. 99 weighted runs created plus. So obviously those two things kind of factor out to him being roughly league average hitter. But he did put up 3.4 WAR last year, and the reason for that is that he is pretty incredible defensively. Can play pretty much anywhere other than first base and catcher. Uh, defense and versatility really helps a, a team like the Angels out, especially with as many up-and-coming players that they have. So I think he's going to be a pretty valuable player. And that's why I've got him on my list. Um, okay, okay. I uh, that'd be that'd be kind of interesting to see. I kind of like that standpoint a little bit. Yeah, he's not a guy that hits for <laughs> power per se, no. but he's he's uh, tremendous on defense. He really is, and he's still young. Uh, 2019 was his second year in the league. And I think he just has a chance to really break out. It'll be kind of cool to see if maybe he puts on like some power, you know, kind of like Tel Marte did, if he can start to hit gap to gap even just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, even guys like Jeff McNeil as well. Uh, but my number 10 is Adam Frazier. Uh, so Adam Frazier is the second baseman. Well, he was second baseman for one year, his first year in Pittsburgh. So the reason I have him as my number 10, he didn't really have that bad of a year. It was his first year where he transitioned from the outfield to the infield. Um, last year, uh, he's 28. Um, where are we at here? He didn't put up that great of war, though, too. And for those who want to know about war, war is once above replacement. So a, a scrub player would be 0-1. to one. 
and then average to good players about three to four, and then MVP is six plus. Um, so, and Adam Frazier was exactly a 2.0. So he he's listed at basically as a solid starter. Um, so for him to transition to second base like that, especially with the infield that he has around him with Kevin Newman, Cole Tucker, whatnot, Josh Bell. Josh Bell is abysmal defensively too. Not that bad. Not that bad. And I, he hit 278 last year. Um, he didn't hit a lot of home runs, only 10. Uh, but, you know, I think this is a guy who um, has a chance to really break out. And this is why I have him as my lower tier uh, at number 10. His OPS plus was 99, so just one point below average. So he just really needs to figure out the slugging, I think. And then I think, you know, he could be solidified second baseman in Major League Baseball for sure. Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, I, I mean, I'll go ahead and say he didn't make my list, but I, I was talking to Rob before we got on here for the podcast. There were like four guys that easily could have all made my list. And it was just, I don't know what it is. I talked about it a little bit last yeah. week in first baseman. I feel like we're kind of in the same predicament where there's, all these guys, they're just like, they're they're primed to have like a breakout season, but because they ha- just haven't had like a real breakout season yet, they're not on this list. Um, a couple yeah. other guys that came to mind for me were uh, Luis Arias, and then a guy that's been around for a little bit that ended up not making the cut for my list was also Jonathan VR. Those were a couple other guys that I also really considered, but they didn't make it. Adam Frazier being one of those guys as well. Uh, to move into my number nine, I have the 25-year-old... Um, second baseman Kevin Biggio of the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the uh, dynamic trio of young young stars from former Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame type players. Uh, only played in 100 games last year. He did it 16 home runs. Batting average was a little low at 234, but he did have an on-base percentage of 364, which is 130 points higher as a guy that knows the strikes in well, gets on base a lot. 429 slugging is a little low as well. Uh, 343 weighted on base average, 114 WRC plus, and 2.4 WAR. Uh, he did come in fifth in the Rookie of the Year voting last year as well. This is a guy that, although he only played 100 games last year, and he struggled at times with hitting. I think that the profile that he has as a hitter is one that's going to allow him to really contribute and put up good numbers uh, going forward in his career. Batting average was a little low, like I said before, but I think that. As he continues to get more experience in the league, I think that that's kind of going to shoot up a little bit. And when you look at a guy that's got a 130-point difference between his batting average and on-base percentage, and that's kind of huge for especially someone yeah. that's a rookie to have already that good of an understanding of the uh, of the plate. He also plays pretty good defense at second base. He also played a little first base and some corner outfielder for the Blue Jays as well. So, so he does bring some versatility, although he's not quite as versatile as a guy like David Fletcher. Uh, but, but that's who I've got as my number nine. Okay, I like that. You know, like you said, right? It's kind of ambiguous in a way. There's a lot of guys that you could put in that number ten spot, even number nine. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see how we go about this. So you had Kevin Biggio as your number nine. My number nine might surprise you even. I don't know if you had him on your list, but you know, for him just being um, jumped to the scene, being a part of a playoff team that almost beat the Astros, I'm taking the Ray second baseman Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau is a is a very a young player. He's 25, and you know he put up 2.6 2.6 WAR. You know that's a good player. That's a solid starter right there. Can't go wrong. 17 bombs in like 80 games. I mean he had a very very good year uh, with Tampa Bay. So if we look here at his numbers, uh, he hit 270. His OBP was 336. Not great, but I mean his OPS is 850. 
not bad at all. And I really like this guy. Um, I think he has a chance to really, really break out, kind of like Kevin Biggio in a way, but mm-hmm. just in the same division, uh, different team. Yeah, well, uh, I will say that you having him at number nine does not surprise me because I've got him at number eight. Yep. Uh, like you said before, he's a guy that only played in 82 games. Uh, I think part of that might have been some injury problems, but you know he did come in third place in the AL Rookie of the Year voting last year. Uh, this mm-hmm. that was technically his second year in the league, but he didn't accumulate enough service time right, exactly. the year prior. Exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, you kind of hit uh, all the points. 354 weight on base average is pretty dang good, especially for a guy that's still in his rookie season. Uh, 125 wave runs create plus he's obviously above average in that category uh, lefty swing can play the corner outfields as well probably could play third base in a pinch if you needed him to I think he's a guy that is gonna have a really bright future in MLB yeah and so that that was your number eight correct eight, yeah. so I'm, I'm updating everyone in the chat that way when people jump in they can kind of see exactly uh, what players being chosen I think that's kind of a cool idea um, so my number eight now is David Fletcher uh, the reason for this, he is so good defensively. We're talking all-star type defender, 4.5 war, um, and he he's young still. He's 28, so you know he's he's nearing his prime and whatnot. But has he really? Maybe he's a late bloomer like Whit Merrifield, right? And um, he's still quick to the scene here. The OBP, I mean, you know, it's 3.36 for being a 2.78 average. It's not too bad. But what really sucks though is that slugging percentage. We saw mm-hmm. Jeff McNeil yep. in 2018. He was like a single machine, single machine, and nobody really talked about him being a solidified player. And I think people take singles for granted. Now, his way to runs create a plus would be interesting to see because, yes, he has Mike Trout to hit behind him, but has that Angels offense really been there so far? You know, mm-hmm. I think this year was a really good chance for him um, to get that weighted runs create a plus up because, you know, you got Anthony Rendon and you got another year of Brian Goodwin, all these guys. Um, but he is my number eight. Okay. Oh, wait, real my... quick, real quick, real quick. Okay. Yep. Me right here with the green screen back here with uh, Fenway Park. I am I am Chalk. I am I am Rob. I mean, we're both Chalk Talk Nation, but I've been mostly on the channel so far. But uh, Noah, he's the other main dude as well. All right, so Noah, what is your uh, number seven? So my number seven is a guy that's played second base for the Cardinals for the past few seasons, and that is Colton Wong. So uh, he's currently 29 years old, played 148 games last year, 11 home runs. Uh, He hit 285 with 361 on base percentage. He's another guy where the slugging percentage is not quite where you'd want to see it at 423. Uh, 334 weighted weighted on base average, 108 WRC plus. So he is kind of above average hitter, you know, only slightly though. He did put up 3.7 WAR. Uh, on top of that, he was also the 2019 Gold Glove winner. You know, like you talked before about David Fletcher being a guy that's got All Star type defense. Yeah. Cold Wong's the same way, and yeah. maybe even more. He's For sure. a guy that rarely ever makes errors or bonehead plays at second base. Uh, just incredibly quick hands. And while he doesn't necessarily have the versatility that a guy like David Fletcher has where he's playing multiple positions doing that, uh, his defense is so good at second base, so that's kind of why I have him this high on, on the list, despite the fact that you know, he has some other factors that maybe wouldn't have had him as high on the list typically with how I rank guys. I think his defense just stands up so far and above of everybody else that, that that's why I have him as far as number seven. Okay. So Noah, Noah's number seven is Colton Wong. So my number seven, my number seven is Mike Moustakis. And I, I wanted to see your visual response because I know you like Moustakis a lot and everything like that. 
Um, my biggest thing for him being down so low is the defense. The defense is kind of questionable for me. He's still solid defensively, but um, that could change this year after being at Great American Ballpark, right? This is where mm-hmm. you really, really, really have to pay attention to OPS plus, uh, weighted runs created plus that, that we mentioned in the beginning of the stream because Great American Ballpark is a lot different than Miller Park, you know, and then even prior when he was a Kansas City Royal. So I think it's really important, but this guy does slug, man. This guy hits bombskis, 35 bombs last year, 87 ribbies, uh, that slugging percentage 516, that OPS 845. So I'd like to see him get on base more obviously, but the OPS plus, I mean, 114, it's 14 points above league average. So, I mean, I think he's only going to grow from here still. Um, he is 31. I say 30, 31 is your prime. That's just my opinion mm-hmm. because baseball is a little bit different. Um, but I don't really, I'm, I don't expect regression from him at all. But with the guys that I have in front of him, it's just, it's just hard to put him ahead of the other guys. So mm-hmm. yeah. he is my number seven. Well, you're making it easy on me. I have Mike Moustakis as my number six. Uh, the recent recipient of the four-year $64 million deal from the Cincinnati Reds, which actually makes him the highest ever free agent signing for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, like you said before, hits absolute tanks. The reason that I've got him as low as six, for me, the on-base percentage just isn't where I would want it to be from a guy like him. It's 329. Uh, that's pretty low. The thing yeah. with Mike Moustakis is that he's strictly pretty much a fly ball hitter. Uh, and that kind of is what also helps to attribute with the 516 slugging percentage. And the reason I think he's got the potential to be really good this year is because, like you said, he's moving from Miller Park, which is a hitter-friendly ballpark, to Great American mm-hmm. Ballpark, which is <laughs> extremely hitter-friendly. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me set this on the tee for you. Right. <laughs> and when when you got a swing like his and you know, Great American Ballpark, when it was built back in 2003, they built that specifically for Griffey. So it's pretty friendly to left-handed hitters. And Mike Moustakis is a dude that hits fly balls yeah. from the left side of the plate. So he had 35 home runs last year. It wouldn't surprise me if he topped 40 this year. Obviously, it's not going to happen now because we're playing in a shortened season. Had we played the full 162, it wouldn't surprise me if he got to 40. Now, that's obviously assuming the MLB doesn't mess with the baseballs anymore, which I'm sure they're probably going to do because it's the MLB. But... Uh, <laughs> But he's a guy that hits tanks. Uh, 254 uh, batting average isn't great, but it's also not, you know, it's not horrendous. Uh, put up almost three war last year as well. I just, you know, I think it'll be a couple more years. Obviously, you mentioned he's 31. I think it'll be a couple more years before he starts to regress a little bit. But I think that he's definitely worth what the what the Reds gave him in contract value, at least for the first couple of years. No, I agree. I think it's really interesting that you mentioned right field being a short porch, really, for Griffey, like you mentioned. It's so true. I mean, Adam Dunn hit one into the river. Juan Francisco still has the longest ball ever hit at Great American Ballpark. People don't even know who he is. Hey, but, come on. Uh, Give some respect to Juan Francisco. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. But uh, my number six, and uh, this was really hard for me to do because, you know, I just don't know what's I just don't know what's true anymore. I don't know what's what. You know, 81 games at home for the past however many years, MVP season, it's got to be Jose Altuve. I just I have to do it because um, I don't truly know how he's going to be offensively i just don't know and defensively he was already quite abysmal he wasn't that great um somehow some way he put up 3.8 war but i know he's not that great i know he's not that great um but uh, you know the batting average 298 slugging percentage 550 ops 903 131 ops plus i get that like it's it's good on paper but like how true is that like i, I just don't know mm-hmm. and I don't want to put myself as him being a number two when someone else has deserved to be in that position. 
who's played clean. You know what I mean? So right. I have him as my number six, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and a slight bit of a spoiler, if you want to call it that. I have Altuve higher than six on six on my list, obviously. Yeah, that's he's, fine. He's a bit yeah. further up there. But my number five is Keston Hira. Uh, rookie for the Milwaukee Brewers last season. He's 23 years old. Uh, only played in 84 games, but absolutely mashed the ball in those 84 games. 19 home runs, hit 303, 368 OBP with a 570 slugging percentage at second base, 388 weighted on base average, a 139 WRC plus, and he put up two WAR. And this is all in half a season, so you can pretty much that's that's almost that's a little over four WAR if you kind of span that out over a whole season. Uh, Really just fantastic hit tool. Uh, he's a guy that plays pretty decent defense up the middle. He's a guy that is kind of bust on the scene last year. He's going to be a guy that's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and learn the name if you haven't already because he's going to be a dude that's going to be shooting up this list as the years goes on. Okay. I that, See, that is a surprise one. You said it was going to be surprising. That's very surprising. Well, I think everyone's going to be uh, surprised with mine. Um, my number five is Howie Kendrick. Yeah, look, look at those eyebrows being uh, risen. Um, still, at his age, what he's doing, uh, defensively, I understand. Um, Abysmal. Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, just from an offensive standpoint, what he's been doing for the past couple of years, and he was the NLCS MVP um, in 2019. I-, I love the guy. I love the guy a lot. And he still has a year left on this deal with a mutual option in 2021. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, I mean – I, I like it. I like this guy a lot. Um, it was hard for me not to put him in my top ten, just because I'm, a, I'm, a, I like Howie Kendrick a lot, and I think he deserved it, man. I mean, being able to play with that competition at his age level, it's pretty impressive. So Howie Kendrick's at number five for me. <laughs> Noah said this. Brady said, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with you. I, obviously, he's not on my list, but. I do think it's fair to point out that Howie Kendrick's been a good player for a long time. You know, he's still a guy that hits. I mean, he's pretty much become a singles hitter at this point for the most part in his career. Obviously, the postseason a little bit different, but you know, at this point, he's just kind of be a high average guy. I mean, he slugged five seventy two uh, last year. My did guy, he really? Yeah, my guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's news to me. I still don't think he's a top ten second baseman at this point. Do you know his? O- do, you know his do you know his OPS plus was last year? What was his OPS plus? One forty two. I'm genuinely surprised by that. <laughs> That's Despite what I'm that, saying. I still don't think he's going to be a top ten second baseman. That's fine. In, in the in the in the coming years, but to move forward from that, my number four is Ozzy Albies, uh, switch hitter for the Atlanta Braves, 23 years old, uh, 160 games last year, 24 home runs, 295, uh, 352, 500 slash line, uh, 354 weighted on on base average, 117 WRC plus. 4.6 war last year. Uh, so we're kind of getting into some guys with some higher war totals. Uh, also plays really good defense, was a runner-up last year for the NL Gold Glove. Uh, he's a guy that burst on the scene his rookie year. I think he either set the record or was close to setting the record for like most doubles, like his first month in the league or something like that. He's a guy that just gap-to-gap power, will occasionally hit some home runs. Uh, you know, 24 out of second base over the course of a season is not, not a bad number to put up. So... I think that he's going to be a guy that also continues to shoot up this list as the years goes on, but he's he's an up-and-coming star, and that's why I've got him at four. Yeah, I think you guys are going to see a lot of repetition here, or like somewhat close, because this is this is uh, 
Uh, yes, Nashville Preds. Keston uh, Hira has been named, and that was Noah's number five. But welcome to the stream, brother. Hope you're doing well. Um, my number four is Jeff McNeil. Uh, Jeff McNeil is a very, very solid player. I know I mentioned him early in the top ten. Um, he really busted out to the scene. 4.9 war, um, outstanding. Uh, you love to see that, uh, especially from a guy who's played other positions too. But, you know, for a second baseman, that's, that's all-star caliber. You know what I mean? Jeff McNeil is is pretty nice. Uh, he's been in the league for um, for two years, and last year, oh excuse me, sorry, last year he hit 318, and he finally found the slugging. He he found it. 531 slugging percentage, OPS 916, 144 OPS plus, um, and he still has yet to reach his prime. He could be a late bloomer, just like Whit Merrifield. You know, gets called up to the majors a little bit later than everyone else does, around age 24, 25, and the Mets lineup. Very good uh, chance to really uh, get those RBI numbers up and those uh, weighted uh, runs created plus. So I really like Jeff McNeil as my number four. Yeah, so I will say I don't have Jeff McNeil on my list. Uh, wow, I, seriously? Okay. When I do these rankings, I go by what the MLB listed players wow. at for when they did the shredder and, and their old top ten thing. And That's Jeff fair. McNeil's not a second baseman on their list. Now, I will say, to also justify me not having him on the list, the Mets have Pete Alonso at first base, so Robinson can no play second base, so Jeff McNeil's not going to get playing time at second base. He's more likely going to be at third or corner outfield spot. So that's why I left him off my list. Well, now I feel dumb. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, I mean, you came at me with the big wow when I said I wasn't on my list, so I didn't get the list. Uh, so my number three is a guy that you talked about before, and Jose Altuve, 29. Uh, dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Played 124 games. Still put up 31 home runs, uh, 298, 353, 550 slugging or, or uh, slash line, 374 weight on base average, 138 WRC plus, three and a half WAR. Was also a runner up in the AL Gold Glove. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm not really sure how he made the Gold Glove. I don't know I either. I don't think his defense is is that good. Um, and I think part of that speaks to why his war was only 3.5 last year, despite the numbers that he put up hitting-wise, because I, I just I, I don't think the defense is where evidently the Gold Glove committee thinks that it is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like you mentioned before, dude's a cheater. He's been a jerk about the fact about it as well. Like, he didn't really issue any sort of sincere apology or anything like that, nor did really any of the Astros for that matter. But, you know, I, th I think that while it's hard to know whether the numbers are accurate or not, you know, he's kind of replicated this. I've also seen reports saying that they kind of ditched a lot of this stuff towards the end of 2017 because it wasn't helping him that much. And then on top of that, you don't really know. There's just there's so much to kind of speculate that I wasn't just going to dock him a whole bunch in my list for for stuff that we don't know the absolute truth of. It's but it's so ambiguous. I, it's so I, ambiguous. I, you I just don't know. I commend you for moving him down on your list. I mean, I don't have any problem with that either because I totally get your reason for doing it. It's just I didn't do it on mine. But, yeah, yeah that's who I've got at my number three. All right. Uh, my number three is Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies, as we mentioned, uh, this is a guy who can hit for power. A guy with, you know, a small stature, you know, not a guy that you would expect to hit for the kind of power he does. And hitting from both sides of the plate, he put up MVP-type war at 5.2. Um, tremendous defensively, the OPS plus 114. It's kind of why I didn't have him higher. I mean, he does the power is still, I think, coming as we go. But uh, I mean, still 24 bombs, you can't go wrong with that. Um, I think he's just going to break out even more. 
He's just going to break out even more, and he's still young. He's still young. He's, what, 22, 23 years old? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm 24. What am I doing with my life? I mean, geez, I'm a washed-up scrub. You know, like I said, I peaked the freshman year of college. So You're, you're um, a top-tier podcast hoster. What do you mean? Aha. There we go. So, um, yeah, Ozzy Albies is my number three. So let's move on to your number two. This is where I think we'll have pretty much the same right here. Yeah, so I, I do want to kind of point out for the people. I'm assuming you use baseball reference to get your stats for, for this, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah, so I do, I do want to just briefly mention graph. that. That's why you're going to hear some slight differences or have already between our stats. Uh, fan, I used fan graphs for my list. Robbie used baseball reference. They do calculate their war a little bit differently. Uh, WRC plus and weighted on base average are fan graph stats while baseball reference uses OPS and OPS plus. So that's kind of where you're going to hear some differences as far as the stats go. Just just moving forward and also retroactively with some of the different lists. Like I think the first one that really stuck out was a, over half a point of war between Albies. So I just figured I would mention that for the people that are yeah. tuning in. Uh, so to get to my number two, I have uh, DJ LeMahieu, 31 years old, was fourth in MVP voting last year, uh, runner up in the AL Gold Glove at second base as well. 145 games played, 26 home runs, hit 327, uh, 375 OBP with a 518 slugging, 375 weighted on base average, 136 WRC plus, and 5.4 war out of him last year. He's also a guy that can play pretty much all over the infield, uh, brings a lot of versatility with that. He's a guy that's always at the top of the leaderboards as far as average. I know there was kind of a question mark with him transitioning away from cores, whether his average and stuff like that was going to drop now that he wasn't going to be playing 81 games there. And then he basically just came out and said, screw that. I'm still going to hit like almost 330. So, you know, he's a guy that while he is kind of getting, you know, into his thirties, I think he's a guy that still has some staying power because of the profile that he has at the plate. Yeah. And you know, it's pretty interesting you say that. I'm all I'm going to say is I have Gigi the Mayhew as my number two as well. The dude's 31 years old. You know, a lot of people were skeptical about how he would perform outside of Coors Field. Huh. Well, look now. Like, look, he's just like, mm, you know, I'm like, look at me. You know, oh, we have injuries. That's okay. I'll step up. I'll play other positions. We'll still win over 100 games. Like, the dude is absolutely raw. Dude is absolutely raw. So, with that said, Noah, hold on just a sec. On the count of three, let's see if we have the same one, okay? Okay. I'm pretty sure we do. But you ready? So, yep. so on three, so like one, two, three, and then boom. All right. Okay. Yep. One, two, three. Catel Marte. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want to go ahead and lead the charge with this one? Yeah. So this is a dude that inserted himself right into the middle of the MVP conversation last year. He ended up coming in fourth place. Um, Twenty-six years old, guy that really is starting to come into his own into his prime. Started developing some power, 32 home runs last year. Slugged almost 600 last year. Uh, 405 weighted on base average, like we talked about, that's excellent. 150 WRC plus is really good. 7.1 war last year in 144 games. Play second, can play short, can play third, can play the outfield. Uh, played a lot of center field last year as well, but the Diamondbacks went out and traded for Starling Marte, and so he's probably going to see the majority of his time at second base. So. I think we might even see a bit of an uptick in the numbers as well because he's not going to have to worry about playing a different position. You know, Part of the problem with guys that play a lot of positions is they show up and it's like, well, where am I going to be at in the lineup today? Am I going to be playing second, short, center field? But if you come in with the mindset of, okay, I know what I'm going to do day in and day out, I think it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, and, and also too, um, 
He will. I mean, he will play some center field. There's no doubt. Mar- Starling Marte is gonna, you know, have to play left when other guys have to sit the bench for a <clears throat> yep. day to regroup. But mostly, he will be playing second base. And <laughs> Boxberger season said said Rob snubbed Hira. Uh, yes, he did. I agree. Boxberger season. <laughs> I did. I just. I don't know. Like it was so hard for me to just like. I'm just torn between all these players and whatnot. Um. But uh, no, Cattell Marte, you just look at the, the the leap, right? It's it's astronomical. In 2018, he played in 153 games. His OPS was 768, you know, on-base plus slugging. Mm-hmm. Not great. And then all of a sudden, just like out of nowhere, let me hit 32 bombs. Like, okay. Oh, you're not done there? Let me hit 36 doubles? Okay. Like, the dude is absolutely nasty. And he had 10 stolen bags. That's not bad at all. His OBP was still damn well near 400 dude was nasty and we didn't even talk about his defense like way 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 above seven war like that's insane mm-hmm. that's insane so this is a guy who could do it all it was kind of hard i was kind of torn honestly just because it was just one crazy year but like you said like he's only 26 like he's gonna keep going and going uh, i think he's only gonna uh get better from here yeah for sure so, i mean yeah i mean fourth and real quick middle. real quick natural preds Kesson Hira is a is a damn good player. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's a damn good player. Um, I just I just think because like just the one year, you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm just gonna I'm just not gonna say anything. But uh, uh, Glaber Torres, I count him as a shortstop. I think we have. Yeah, a, we're, we'll include him in the shortstop rankings. Yeah, we'll include him in shortstop rankings. Uh, what we did, we kind of based ours off of who was was it the Ripper or something like that? Shredder. I the believe. Shredder. The Shredder. So like that's why Whit Merrifield wasn't in this list, right? Like. You right. would think what Merrifield would be in here, um, but no. So you're not going to see Cattell Marte in the center field top ten. Yep. So um, any closing statements, anything that you want to say, maybe about the stream, about the future, whatever you want to do? Um, yeah, I do want to mention that I finally, graciously, because of a good friend of mine, Will, I do have a new webcam, and so I will be getting a capture card from Rob here this week as well, and so I will be streaming a bit more often. I know that if you've been following along with the streams, it's pretty much just been Rob, aside from the one that I did a while back, and that's kind of just because I don't have personally the equipment to do it, but I'm kind of getting there, so I'll be streaming a bit more from here on out. Uh, as well, I'm probably going to be starting a franchise. It'll be more episodic instead of like a stream thing, and it'll be over on the YouTube channel, so be on the look for that soon as well. Yes, so uh, that is one thing I want to mention. We do upload on YouTube, and you can find our podcasts actually on Spotify, Apple Music, you just got to search uh, Chalk Talk Nation. You'll be able to find it. You'll be able to hear our playoff predictions. Uh, we did our division predictions as well. And we talked about all things, you know, when the Astros scandal came out. Uh, we will when the Red Sox, when we finally hear something about that. When we hear news about the MLB season, a playoff format, you name it, uh, we cover it. Um, but, uh, you know, we do stream every day. Every single day we're streaming on Twitch. So um, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm going to leave this with one thing here. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Chalk Talk Nation though you can get updates when we do go live but we do um, have our schedule which will be at the end of the stream remember that first time that's listed that's just for the first stream of the day usually we will stream um, afterwards like Diamond Dynasty Battle Royale Showdown maybe we'll dabble with some NASCAR you know just kind of different things we'll do Throwback Thursdays and um, all that stuff but yeah so this is our podcast our podcast um, it's kind of short because we're just doing our top 10 but, like, when we play games, I mean, other than the Marlins franchise, we stream for, like, three hours at least. So, 
Um, like I said, we do two streams a day at least. Um, so yeah, but thank you all so much for tuning in. Be sure to hit that follow button and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Thank you.